Welcome to the Advisor Arena Podcast with your hosts, Jamie Malm and Josh Watson. This show is designed to share ideas and help you gain insight from some of your most successful peers. We will discuss industry news, hot topics, and challenges you may face, as well as give you some possible solutions. Thanks for joining us today. Let's get started. Welcome, everybody, to part two of the March 4th Madness podcast. So Tom Schaff is back with us. Thank you, Tom, for joining. Today we're talking about messaging. So I'm excited to talk about messaging because I think this is the part that we get wrong a lot, right? We want to talk about all the things that we think are important and we forget to really dig into the actual problem the consumer has. Yeah, that's been my finding. You know, over the last 26 years or so, I find that when we talk about what we do, People say, I already have that. Now, they they don't, but they tend to minimize this. You don't get a lot of traction when you talk about what you do. You, know, you show up to the world and say, hi, I'm a financial advisor. They go, hi, I have a bunch of financial advisors. Mm-hmm. Um, when you call on someone who's not 13, you know, when you look at somebody who's pre-retirement, who's 50, 55, 60, who will give me 65, and they have a couple dollars, you're not their first rodeo. They've actually talked to someone. I'm a wealth advisor and I'd like to talk to you about annuities. I'm fine. See, you got to you got to move it to the problem that you have. And so the translation, here's the problem. When we talk about what we do, we are tra- uh, we're we're expecting the prospect to translate and figure out why we can help them. How that applies yeah. to them, what it means for them. But if we stop and we say, what do we do? And how does that affect them? They don't think at night, how do I maximize what they think about our problems? They think about junk drawers. They think about worries. They think about paying too much. They think about taxes. So let's talk in the language. You know, where this became really clear to me, uh, Jimmy, is um, maybe 30 years ago, I went to France for the first time. Now, I did not know very much French. I had one semester of college French, but I sure tried to kill their language. You know, when I when I talked French to them, they'd go, thanks for trying. I was an exchange student in the United States. I speak English. Let's do it in there. And you know what? They were nice to me. But the people I were with, they didn't know any French. They were the most arrogant Americans. They went to someone's country. And they didn't even try. And then they would, the people would just roll their eyes like, oh, American. Um, so <laughs> what I've learned is wherever I go, if I go to China, I like Nihao, you start in the language that they speak and then they come back to yours. If we translate that back into the context that you're asking, don't talk your language, don't talk English to Chinese people, talk Chinese to English people. And if they speak English, they'll come back because they'll know you don't speak Chinese. Here's my point. You get to talk their language. And over time, if that resonates with them, you get to come back and start talking your language because you have context. And um, so that's how we create rapport uh, with people that are not like us. So how do you see this playing out? Let's say it's kind of an early interaction. Maybe it's the, I don't know, the get to know you appointment, that first appointment. And I know I've talked to other advisors that said, 
you know, I really wanted to them to impress them. So I went through what we do in our services and all these great things that are super impressive about me. And that's not ideal, right? You've got to shift that focus. So how do you see this playing out? What's the right way to handle that? You know, the get to know you, I, I frankly don't believe in a ton. Um, nobody wants to like get to know their advisor that they don't have. What they want to know is how you can help them. And so my meeting usually starts with, hey, there's a lot of things you could be doing and you're talking to a financial advisor, not random. What's going on in your world that you're even thinking about talking to us right now or, or exploring this? Listen, nobody is exciting enough. Maybe you are. I mean, your <laughs> mom, you're pretty exciting. But the rest of us, nobody wants to meet us. If they come to us, there's something on their mind. Let's find it out. By the way, when they answer that question, oh, that's interesting. Tell me more. I never would have guessed that. Could you be more specific? If I could stay out of my way and let people talk, how many licks does it take to get to the center of a Tootsie Roll Tootsie Pop? Three, a one, a two, a three, crunch. Do you know that commercial? I do. I remember that well. See, you were like a generation behind me, and you still know that they only played that for like a year. So that can't be true. That that's can't what I be read. True. I feel like that went on forever. So here's the point. Stay out of your way. Why are you even considering talking to me? Unpack that a little bit. Then I'd go into my agenda. Hey, we had about an hour today. Do you mind if we discuss that? Do you mind if we suggest an agenda? Now I would set up an agenda, not say, here's what we're going to do. I would ask them some questions. Now, um, that's a whole nother skill set for another day. But after we've set up our skill sets, put our objections on the table so we don't have to answer them on the end, but answer mm -hmm. them now. Um, we might. Uh, let's go back a second. Okay. In order to get to this spot for the get to know each other, you've got to book an appointment. True. Um, so that's not random. I mean, when you just send emails, hi, you wanna meet? We don't know each other, you wanna meet? How does that go? Not well. So typically we would use some bait. If you wanted to catch a shark, would you throw chocolate in the water? Here's chocolate, come on here, sharky, sharky. Like there'd be no sharks. If you want to catch a shark, you got to throw some blood in the water. It's called chum. You got to understand who is the person you want to influence and what message will they bite on? What they bite on are the problems that are in context. And that's what I'd love it if we could spend some time on that today is taking a look at for a pre-retiree who's probably likely to buy annuities, um, whether it's yours or one of the the other listeners out there are selling to pre-retirement kind of prospects. They have certain needs. There's a, they're not all the same. There's some people that are very wealthy. They have different needs than some people are like, man, I got to make every dollar work. So there's nuance even in pre-retirees. But if we looked at perhaps what a typical advisor that you work with, what do they have to sell? And then we took that from our Chinese to putting it into English or vice versa and said, here's what you got. Here's the problem it solves. Here's what people think about it. Here's how they feel. I could give you a perfect example of how that might sound, but that'll take 40 minutes to do. Should we take a shot at that? Let's do it. All right. Well, let me ask you this. Um, pretend that the people listening were only 
um, getting their uh, annuity products and their um, battle plan, how they take care of clients from Gradient. What would be uh, three of the biggest unique things? Nobody else has them. It's like at the end of the day, our crown jewels of what we sell, that if you talked about them would bore people to death and they'd have tears, but we need to know what they are. What are those three things? Okay, so let's start with a tangible, something tangible that the clients have a problem. They need to unpack that a little bit. You talked about people don't sit and and think about how to maximize X, Y, Z, but they do sit and worry about taxes and their plan. So I think the end consumer, that personalized found money tax report is a big one because that really digs in specifically for the plan for the end consumer. Great. So here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to make some lists. I got, what do you call it? The personalized found money report? Yep. Okay. I love that. What would be another one? Okay. So we've offered them something tangible. Now I think we need to create something that gives them some ongoing value. So I think generational vault, which would be like the client portal where they can say, we'll kind of organize their whole financial life. They can put wills, trusts, power of attorney documents. You can interact with them there, but it's a, it's an online portal where they can access anything. Their kids can access anything. I think that provides a lot of value for the end consumer. Beautiful. So it's like a virtual vault. They put all your stuff in. So if something happens to me, the people that are picking up the messes, they know where my will is. They know what my assets are. They know who my people are. They can find everything in yep. that spot. Okay. Yep. I love that. What's the third thing? Okay. So then we have to have something to actually offer, right? Something that's unique for the plan. So having a product that solves the need that's unique. That's not what everybody else sale sells. So a unique FIA product that solves a need. Um, okay. So we, my sister was a cheerleader and she would be like, we've got spirit. Yes, we do. We have spirit. How about you? Then the other people go, we got spirit. Yes, we do. We get spirit. How about you? Then we go, we got more. We got more. Did this get to Kansas? Yeah, I, I recognize that cheer. Okay, well, here's the deal. We've got annuities. Yes, we do. We've got annuities. How about you? We've got annuities. Yes, we do. We've got annuities. How about you? We got more. We got better. We've got... Oh, I'm so tired. I should never have been a cheerleader. Um, <laughs> I was the booster rooster. Um, I don't know so what that is, but I'm curious. <laughs> I was an eight-foot rooster for my school. Um because they need right. a costume on me. Let me ask you this. What is, pick one annuity product. Okay. Not available everywhere. Okay. That it is blinding. It is like our special sauce. Like if you have a person that has these needs, you are stealing from them, not giving them this annuity. Yep. You want the features of it? I want to know what it is. Like, yeah, yeah. What's the features? Okay. So first, I would say very unique that you could just get 50% of whatever the S&P does, right? Well-known index. I don't know of any other options where you can simply get half of whatever the market does and lock that in annually. So that so would be something. Him, give me context on that. Um, as opposed to like what the other 
products might do. So how does that work? When you say 50% of what the S&P does? S&P does 16, I get eight. Really simple. People understand the S&P. They understand getting 50%. They understand the trade-off. You're not going to be subjected to any losses. But what I like about that, as opposed to some of these other products that are more complicated, you could have a really in-depth crediting strategy. You could say, here's this index that nobody's ever heard of that's only been live for two months. And we think this may be what it will return. And who who knows how they're actually crediting it. Everybody knows the S&P. They understand you get half. Whatever the S&P was last year, you get half. Moving forward. Moving forward. So I start today, I buy the annuity. A year from now, the difference between where I start and where I end, I get half. If it's down, I can't lose anything. Basic benefits of an annuity, but unique to get simply half and lock those gains in. Okay, great. And then anything else unique about that? Yep. So then I think also one of the things that's a hot topic right now is no fees. And there are some products that have no fees on annuities. This one, though, gives a built-in rider. So I could guarantee lifetime income. It's guaranteed to grow at 4% or whatever the index returns year by year. And that's the uniqueness. Most products you can't or better. Yep. And you can't flip back and forth between those two in, I'm going to say any other product. Now, if somebody's listening, you know of something, feel free to call me out, but I don't know of any others where you can go back and forth year by year. I get four, I get eight. It's a crash. You get 4% no matter what. Four, correct. And I don't pay for that. There's no ten. Correct. So it's, it's like a guaranteed bond or something. Like you get guarantees, but you get equity upside. You get the, well, if there's upside, you get more, but there's a stop. And so you, yeah. uh, that's interesting. What else? Yeah. Is, what else do you have that's interesting? So that account is growing for future lifetime income. If I need it for income and let's say I've got home health care issues, which as we know, majority of us are going to need some kind of care. I don't have to be confined. I don't actually have to go to a nursing home. But if I can't perform two of six activities of daily living, so bathing, toileting, dressing, then whatever my guaranteed payment is, it's going to double. Now, here's where the uniqueness of this product comes in. There are other products that will double. What I think a lot of advisors don't know and consumers certainly don't know is if I have depleted the account value to zero when I need to go double that, it's a feature that is a moot point. It's not available. This one doubles even if your account value has gone to zero. So you, as an advisor, are protecting yourself from some of those gotchas that you may not realize are in other products. This is pretty unique. That's intriguing. And then what else? Is there anything else that matters? Uh, Extra liquidity. So it has return of premium. If disaster strikes and you need your original deposit back, you can get it halfway through the the 10-year term. So People usually don't use that, but it's nice to be able to incorporate that into your messaging to say, look, this product really does cover all these areas plus this extra flexibility. So if I'm trying to relay all that, it's hard, right? That's a lot. Hi, we have annuities. Yes, we do. We have annuities. (laughs) How about you? We have return of premium. We have home health care double or, you know, uh, uh, health care double. uh, We have no fees. We have 4% roll up. We have, you get half of the S&P. Yeah. We have, and it's so much and surface level. It kind of sounds like, like everybody else. I have to have an MBA from Harvard or an MIT to figure this thing <laughs> out. 
So there's somebody out there who's got $3 million because they sold their farm. Mm -hmm. And now they're like, what the heck? Let's turn that into something. Um, Here's what I'd like to do in the interest of time so we can get the juice. Let's do the second, the first and the second ones at the beginning because they're going to move faster. Whenever I think about this, I like to make five columns. So um, I, I usually put the sheet down five column and I just put notes on my page. The first column on the right is the feature. Here's what I have. The ben- And here's what's great. This is the stuff I like to talk about that nobody wants to hear. The second column from the right is the benefit. Here's what's good about that. Here's why that matters. The third is the consequence. Here's what stinks if you don't have my greatness. Here's why you're screwed if you don't use me. The second column from the left is, here's when you're going to find out. And then the first column is the emotion. Here's how you feel. So the way if we, when we translate it, we start with what do I got? I reverse engineer and say, here's why it's good. Here's why it stinks. Here's when you're going to find out it stinks. And here's how you'll feel. When I talk now, I go from the left-hand side and say, you feel this when you want, hey, when people talk to me, and it's not always, but when there's some reason that's relevant, it's because of one of three issues. They feel that at this situation, they're concerned about these kind of problems. They're worried, you know, another emotion, emotion, event or appearance, and then um, consequence. So I put three of those together and say, don't know if you have any of those, but if there were even one worth talking about, what would it be? And now I get to say, oh, that's interesting. Tell me about that. Could you be more specific? And I get to have them sell me on why they care. Never sell people products that haven't found a problem that it's solved mm-hmm. yet. If you want people to, to buy faster, help them buy and quit selling. Don't tell them, here's what I got. Find out the problem they have. Find out if the problem matters. Get a price tag to that problem and say, we could help you on that. Here's how it would work. Here's where I think advisors fast forward. This is the translating part. We think we see the money that they have. We know they're getting ready to retire. We know they need to protect that. But we've fast forwarded through talking about all the emotion of the consequences or what happens to them or how they're going to feel if they don't move forward. We think they already know those things. And so let me jump right into the solution that's going to solve that. And what we haven't done effectively yet is really unpack how that emotion, right? How they feel or do they recognize the consequence? So that's what we're doing to get our messaging right. Making sure they're telling us, here's the thing I'm really worried about. And they recognize the consequence. That's exactly right. You know, in the movie Field of Dreams, which is my favorite, um, they say, if you build it, he will come. Well, if you build your messaging, your ideal prospect will come. By the way, we need a tackle box. If we were a fisher person, if we fished for a living, we'd have all kinds of boxes of tackle. And we'd use things for different days, different fish, different examples. Uh, in the ocean, we'd use something. In a creek, we'd use something. In a lake, we'd use something. We wanted to catch walleye. There'd be what we do on a nice day, on a cold day, on a... There's a lot of stuff in the water. See, you have lots of bait for different situations. Not one piece of bait for everything. That doesn't make any sense. Um, So we get to stylize that to what we know about them. And then 
pull the right elements off. Now, um, I get 6,000 books in my house. And if I said, come over to my house, uh, go find this book. You'd be like, where do I start? There's 30 bookcases. After about two minutes, you'd be like, I have a headache. But if I said, go to this room and go to the fourth bookcase, fourth shelf down about in the middle, there's an orange book, probably next to a yellow book. You could find it. If you can tell people where to look, they can find anything. People have perfect memories. They have crappy filing systems. They remember anything. I'm told that you can take an electrode and sting any part of your head like the you know super genius doctor people, and they can have you find any memory in your life. We can't. Bad filing systems. The brain's not shot. The filing system is. So we have to tell people where to look so they can find their stuff. When you come in and say, I have this thing and it's good, they're like, it's like everything else. I don't need that. I'm handled. But when you show them where to look and then tell them the problem, they're like, I don't want that to happen. Why? Now they make their story. Then I say, we can make that go away. So let's get underneath this. We have this found money report. Why is that good? What's the benefit of that? That one's the plan for the consumer on how to have the most tax efficient distribution plan for retirement. I got a report. And if you do it, you'll pay the least amount of taxes you can. I find some money. Um, We do some stuff so you don't have to pay taxes. Is that the big idea? Yep. No, (laughs) let's do this. They don't have the found money report or they have a generic one. What happens to them? They don't have a clear path to follow. They miss opportunities. They try to piecemeal things together from all their advisors they have and don't know how it all works together. Miss opportunities. Close, but I don't think so. See, all that stuff is true, but that's not what we really care about. I have a found money And what it does is it makes sure that you um, are able to get the most tax efficient distribution. Okay. If I don't have that, I waste money paying taxes. Simplify it. Well, that other stuff isn't what the juice is. You can talk about all that. Here's the deal. I don't care. Republican, Democrat, advanced party, you know, the Rough Riders, whoever your thing is today, because there'll be 82 parties next year with all the craziness. Here's my point. Um, I don't care what party is. Nobody says I like paying taxes. Yeah. Nobody at retirement is like, oh, wouldn't it be fun to pay taxes? Um, so that's your enemy. Okay. So we can talk about this, all of these other things, but it's not what people think about. They just don't want to pay more taxes. When would they know? Period. When would when so- they've already done it? When they've already felt the pain of it, right? Oh shoot, I already have done this. That hurt. So when do they pay taxes? Well, I'm talking retirement planning. So I'm saying in the future when they go to distribute some holdings or something, they might not have thought through it. Yeah. It doesn't have. Yeah, but when will they actually pay the taxes? When When they take the money. They take the money when? At retirement? Yes. And when when will they have to pay the taxes? 
when they take it. Okay. You, okay. So when do you, do they pay it? They take the money and they pay it then, or do they pay it on April 15th or when okay. Gotcha. Yeah. When they go to file their taxes, the money's already been taken. They've, they're months away. The action's done. Now their CPA comes in and says, oh, this is what that looks like. Okay. I think you just said a really wonderful thing. You just said this thing about when the CPA comes in. That's how people talk. So, sure. hey, listen, when you sit down with your CPA after taking money and realize that the money you spent was not yours and there's a tax, a lot more taxes that you're going to owe than you anticipated. By the way, um, some of that is kind of regular income. They're doing their filing, you know, before April 15th. But what do, when do the people that have a lot of money, who have a lot of limited partnerships, they have a lot of crazy investments and stuff, when do they usually file their taxes? Quarterly. Well, they probably do file quarterly all the time, but they file their taxes tax. They pay taxes quarterly. Okay. Most of my clients that are making money file extensions because they're getting K-1. Oh, yeah. They're late. Things, right? So they're paying like in October. Yep. Now, here's the way I might bend the lens. If I was talking to someone who had kind of ordinary income situations, I'd be like, hey, you know, before April 15th, when you sit down with your uh, accountant, and you're thinking, I'm going to write this check. It's going to be little. I'm going to be over. And then they say, hey, that money you spent wasn't yours. Uncle Sam and the state want a piece of that, too. This And this, that's a surprise. See, I would realize it. If they were bigger income, more complicated, hey, after you've paid some, you know, you made some deposits uh, and paid your quarterlies, but you got through and at the end of the summer, when you were finally after your extensions in October, you think you're going to get a maybe a credit and you realize that you still owe money and you're going to pay a penalty for not paying it in October, in April. OK, now I can get a little more turbulence. Now, um, you have kids that play uh, travel sports, right? I do. Do you ever go very far away? Uh, yeah, we go out of state. Yeah. So when you go out of state. You go, I don't know what it's like for you, but I've been on a couple trips in my life. Do the parents get together at the hotel and maybe have a cold one and talk a little bit? Sure. So you like, how about those games? How about Jimmy and Johnny, all that? And then it's like, how's work going? And then they have two drinks in them and they start talking and telling you the truth. <laughs> right. I want this to sound how people sound when they had a drink or two. They're on this trip and they're not being like being good. Like, don't talk like marketers. Talk like yeah. people are talking to their friends. It should this be is like one of my favorite things that you coach on because it's you have to you have to sound different than everybody else. And people try to sound too polished, too salesy. That's what I love about what you coach, because I don't have to practice being perfectly polished and get my verbiage right. I just have to be authentic. I just have to talk to people like I talk Except to people. Except for it takes a tons of practice because we have been mistrained by people who try to make us sound like robots. Would you go to a movie where everyone talks in perfect English? You'd be like, nobody talks like this. When you are a great actor and you've got your words down, that's not acting. Now that you know what the words are, you got to break them and talk to them. Like people talk, you got to stay. 
change gears. Yeah. Because that's what people do when they talk. The real people do. Right. So here's where we want to get it to come out. Um, okay. How do we do it? You got to get an emotion. A person that's paying too much taxes, a person who gets a surprise, a person that thought that they were fine, didn't have a plan for distribution and gets penalized when it's too late. When they find that, how do they feel? Awful. Sick to their soul. How do they feel? Like, I feel awful. That, what, I I need. Mad. I'm. I'm mad. Okay, who are they mad at? That's not bad. I'm mad at whoever didn't tell me that this was going to happen. I'm mad at whoever should have. I'm looking for somebody to blame. So who should have told me this was going to happen? There's a lot of ways to be mad. And so mad sometimes in Kansas, where you're from, we're not in Kansas anymore, Dorothy. Um, In (laughs) Kansas, where you're from, how uh, do people say I'm mad? Uh, No. What do they say? I don't think I can say it on the podcast. <laughs> what did I say? I, I think it would be pretty colorful. I think it would be that bleepity bleep should have told me that this was going to happen. Well, here's my point. You should talk in the language of the people you're talking to. Mm-hmm. And it should sound in a perfect way. When we put our bait out, it should sound the way prospects talk, not the way advisors talk. Okay. I'll give you an ex- example. Um, might might be I am ticked off or peed off, but if you're in Boston, they say I'm wicked peed off. Because <laughs> um, that's a regional way they talk. You talk in the language of your constituent. If we're in Chinese, let's speak to the Chinese. So uh, it could be, see, I don't know if they're mad. They could be ticked. Let's use ticked off. Okay. I am ticked off, maybe stronger. I'm ticked off. Uh, when I talk to a when I talk to a pre-retirement family like yourselves, and there's a reason for us to talk further, despite the fact that they have all kinds of advisors and have had them for decades, it's usually for one of three reasons. And if you don't have any of these, we probably don't need to talk further. Do you mind if I throw them on the table? Sure. Here's the first one. You're ticked off that as you come to pay taxes. You realize that you did not have a plan of, to distribute your assets. You got your money, you spent it, and then you got the surprise. Da da! I owe money, and you don't know where it's going to come from. By the way, your solution to that riddle is the personalized found money report. See anyone who says that would be awful, that would really tick me off. I'd be like, really? Tell me about that. I wouldn't have guessed that. And now that's it. Why are you laughing? I just, I love your enthusiasm and you're exactly right. I'm trying to keep the people awake. Hey, I like it. I like it. Let's go to the second one. All right. The generational vault, the client portal. What's good about this thing? Helps you organize your financial life and take care. Make sure that the people that you love aren't frantically trying to figure things out and you're not a burden. You meaning like when you're dead or when you when yeah. I'm sick, when I am in the hospital, when I'm in a wreck, when I pass, it could be anything. But if you need somebody to step in and find your stuff, this is it. My dad is not electronic person. He is pen and paper, but yeah. he has like 
they've gone through it. They've thrown away all their stuff. They've organized all the pictures into date order. They have all this stuff. My sister is the executor of the estate because she lives right next to him in Minneapolis. And, you know, she said to me just recently, she said, you know, because I was up visiting. She said, I told mom and dad, thank you for doing all the work so I don't have to late. <laughs> right. Because right. it's a pain. Right. <clears throat> so what you do is you bring wow. chaos. The people who actually created the stuff know where it is. Organize it so you don't have to guess. What do you owe? What do you got? Where does it come? Minimize fights with the friends and family. All these. So it's my one stop. Uh, drawer of all the stuff that I have. It's a vault. Right. Okay, great. Um, what happens when you don't have one of these? Uh, you could have family fights. You could have hurt feelings. You could have one kid that doesn't understand why something got left to one, not the other. So you could have all kinds of misunderstandings, hurt feelings, upset kids. What else? Um miss out on different policies. Maybe I don't know that you have this life insurance policy over here. Maybe you're sick in the hospital and I don't know that you have this certain medical directive. Maybe you needed me to step in and make a decision, but I didn't know where to find the power of attorney. This helps organize the chaos. All right. So by the way, what do you do when your parents are on life support and you don't know what to do? The guilt, right? Mm. They're, they got it written in there. You know what to do. If they, it's their choice, not yours. Right. By the way, does that take away some guilt and some angst? And did I do the right thing? Absolutely. I mean, think about I, what a powerful gift that is to kids. Could you imagine? No. What's the problem that you have if you don't have that? If you... Oh, when you experience that life is chaos and you don't know where documents are, you don't know what to do with mom or dad. You don't know what their intention was. There's all of these assets. So you don't know who, how do we just decide who gets the clock from grandma? You know, how do you, mm -hmm. but grandma said, my mom said that I get that. Or there's the person who had keys who comes in and takes stuff first. There's the pushy kid. I don't know what these families are. I hear about them all the time. Like my family, I, if this happens in my family, I'm going to be stunned. I don't, I don't know who these people are, but I guess maybe if you weren't loved, you feel that you got to get you. I think I've heard that though a lot where people say, oh, that would never happen in my family. And then it does because people feel like, well, I'll just step in and help with this. I'll do this. And Nobody has a plan of action for mom and dad. They think they know what they should do. And it's heartbreaking to see. My dad put all that stuff in and then he put in this thing that said, and if you contest any of this, you're out. <laughs> I like that. I don't know. My, my sister thinks that's the funniest thing in the world. I like that. How do you feel when this happens? As the kids, how do you feel when that happens? You're the person, you're a family member and your parents have to go into long-term care. They forget who they are. They don't remember anything. They make promises to people, but they wasn't in great mental state. So they've made- they've I would say you feel so overwhelmed. Overwhelmed is wondrous. By the way, there's, we're like, how do people say, I'm so overwhelmed. I'm so I'm confused. I'm frustrated. I'm so frustrated. 
So we start with that word. Frustrated what? I'm frustrated that when my parent, when my mom went in the nursing home, when my mom got Alzheimer's, Parkinson's, whatever her debility was, when my mom died unexpectedly, we went in and the house was full of crap everywhere. But at least we could see that. What we didn't get were there were bills that came in that she wasn't paying. And she had products. She had stuff all over the place. And we couldn't find it. And we thought we found a will. And then we found another will that was another date. And we like, is this the last one? Is, but this wasn't signed. Do you follow me? I do. So this would be how that hook would start. Let's bring this into our third one, and then let's put Humpty Dumpty all back together again. Okay, let's do it. Uh, we've got the FIA, um, things, fixed income annuity, and it's going to, you got a couple things here. Uh, 50%, whatever the S&P does, you get 50%. You get no less than 4%. So you got a guarantee, but you get some upside, so you don't get penalized for being responsible and making a decision. Um. You, you have a guaranteed uh, return of premium. Um, you got a health care doubler down the road if you need. There are no fees to this thing. What do you think, by the way, is the biggest one? What's the one that typical retiree, couple million bucks, what's the one they like the most? I think they like the 4% guarantee. I think that's what they remember. No, how many people have 4% guarantees? How many other annuities have that? Mm. Okay, here's the catch. This is where I think people get in trouble with having to explain too much to make sure they understand. I can get a 4% guarantee somewhere for future income, but I can't get 4% or 50% of the S&P flipping back and forth. it's not 4%. 4% or. Yeah, that's the biggest thing, I think. What is that feature? It's the income rider roll-up. Income rider. So let's call it the income rider roll-up. And what that okay. is, is it's 4% or half. Yep. What's the benefit of that part? Grows your account value at at least a guaranteed amount. Plus okay. some. Okay. What else? Future guaranteed income that you can't outlive. Okay. And the reason is you're getting, it's like a Monte Carlo 4% distribution, except for you always get to keep your money. You get the return on premium thing down the road. Is that right? On whatever, whatever you put in, whatever's left that you haven't taken out. Yes. So that's guaranteed. And um, if you take, if you're getting 4% payment forever, you're, that's going to outlive the Monte Carlo simulation. If, if, If you were just, if you're doing interest versus, interest-only distribution, and then taking away your principal, this annuity outperforms that because you got 4%, but you also get the upside. Is that the idea? Yep. Okay. What happens if I don't have that? I buy another annuity. I could eat my account value away with fees, or I have less money to live off of later. I love that one. Well, I would, this is where I think it can get tricky because you have all these annuity products that might say, well, I, mine rolls up at 7% guaranteed, but people forget that there is 
a a fee for that. There are other things that happen and you have to look at the holistic plan. So how do we put that messaging together where you can get all those benefits across without puking on somebody? Yeah, well, so I got to get that's and that's the hard part is um, what I'm going to show the the technique works, but you got to get to the real heart of it. Okay. Um, What's the difference? Why should I take your 4% plus upside and no fees over somebody else's 7%? I'm going to provide buying in your product. Um, I'm untutored 4%, 7%. Yep. My account value will actually be there when you need it to double for healthcare. Your other one, it's going to deplete in seven years by the time you go into the facility. It won't even be there. So it's in this case, see, well, now we moved it. We did. I moved it. <laughs> Sorry. Right. And that's why you need multiple baits, right? We take, here's a feature, and then we, we look at here is the consequence of that feature. And we got to look at their life. What's their contact? What's their situation? If healthcare down the road is the major motivator, we're going to use not the story of 4%, 7%. We're going to go to the doubler. If it's... The um, doubler that would be there, even if they deplete their account value to zero. I think that's the key because... Right. People may not think that that's a problem. They're just focusing on guaranteed income. But what if what if I can give you high guaranteed income, but also solve this? What if problem? How are you going to feel if you need to be taken care of and the money's not there to do it? This solves that. OK, so somebody who's concerned about um, I may need to have assisted living down the road. I may need to have, uh, you know. I've got a 93, 89, 82, and 78-year-old parents and in-laws that all live in their house that they've lived in for 20 to 60 years. My 93-year-old father-in-law still lives in his house he built. Okay? We haven't seen that. Now, there's some people that come in and, you know, help them get baths and stuff like that. But they're all on their own. They don't – we don't see that. So – um, my my wife, she's going to live to be 110, you know, <laughs> just going to live forever. Uh, I don't know. She'll have like three husbands after me. Um, so that might be a concern for them. There's other people who they might have a history of Parkinson's. They may have a history of Alzheimer's. They may have a history of some kind of heart attacks or strokes in their lives. They may have smoked. They may have had things where it'd be like, there's a pretty good chance. I'm going to go sidebar. Um, my, um, when COVID hit, uh, there were these people that would, before COVID, that would come in and assist with my in-laws. And my, when COVID happened, we didn't want anyone coming in because we didn't know how they were going to act responsibility. We didn't want to kill our in-laws off. So my wife and her sisters took turns spending months taking care of their families. Um, When my wife came home, she was like exhausted. She came from being a daughter to an employee. and She was not designed to do that kind of work. She's an itty little bitty person. And my in-laws are kind of small people too, but just carrying them, it just physically took a toll, right? 
I'll tell you what she's like. I never want my kids to have to take care of us. And they didn't have to because of finance. It was because of safety. Little different. But that gave me this thing. You never want to be in the spot to ruin your kid's life and their marriage and their parenting. Be away and do all this work because you have to financially. Mm -hmm. Like how many people that are 40 to 65 years old right now helped with the parent during COVID and said, we are not doing that to our kids. So messaging. So we take So that- I relate to this because my father-in-law has Alzheimer's. We're living through that right now. Messaging is if I can get them to talk about, let, let's talk about the three things. This is something that the people use me. How are you going to feel if that were to happen, even if well, it's not it, top of mind, is that how I uncover that? It would, it would, let's, how would they feel? Give me a word. If this happens. They would feel ashamed. I mean, they would feel like a, a burden. So I would think you would feel. I like the burden thing. So okay. how would someone say that? Like I'm, I'm with the program still, right? I'm aware right. of my life. What would I say? Oh, Jamie. And then they, in their weakened voice, they kind of cry. And what do they say? I'm what? I'm just burden is ju- jumping to my mind. I don't want to be a burden to you. What are you thinking? Like, what is in your mind? It could be shame. It could be I'm embarrassed. I... I feel guilty. Could be guilt. Mm-hmm. So you got to experiment with these kinds of words. And the way to look at it at the end of the day is if you just stay out of your way, ask questions and let people talk. And then whatever they say, say, interesting. Tell me more. I never would have guessed that. Could you tell me more about that? Could you be more specific? Write down what they say. A lot of times the best bait is given by real prospects when you stay out of their way. And yeah. now you get to say, you know, Jamie, when I talk to people about retirement, especially concerns of, of ongoing health care later in life, and there's a reason for us to talk further, despite the fact that they've talked to other advisors, it's usually for one of three reasons. Here's the first one. They may have recently met a loved one, taken care of a loved one, or discussed with friends that had loved ones. They don't want to be in the spot where they feel guilty, ashamed, or embarrassed that they don't have the resources to get the care that they need and have to have loved ones give up their life and their time with their progeny in order um, to live and exist. The second one is they live fine and they've lived strong and powerfully and then they're, they're concerned that they'll leave their family overwhelmed, cleaning up the mess of their life, the mementos of their life, because nobody can find where are the expenses and where's the liquid cash and how do we pay these bills, taxes? How do we avoid probate? And they're like, going, I don't want to overwhelm my kids with cleaning up my mess. When I'm gone, I want to have it signed, sealed, and delivered, and they move on. The last one is, And this is one of the ones that come up the most often is they're mad. 
they're mad that whenever they go meet with their accountant on April 15th or October 15th, if they file extensions, that with frequency, they think they're paying one tax and they don't want to pay more, but they get a bill that's unexpected. And they start understanding that if I don't have a plan on how I will distribute my assets, I'll surely pay a lot more to the vultures in Washington, D.C. or Topeka or wherever. The, what's the capital of Kansas? Topeka. Oh, I say I haven't been in like class since <laughs> for like 30 years. But um, I don't know if any of these are on your radar, Jamie, but if you were to pick even one, which would it be? Hey, let me stop and get out of role play for a minute because I want to make sure people just heard what you did. They just took, you just took 45 minutes of what we went back and forth with and you presented it in a way that was just normal speak. You led with the emotions, right? They feel guilty or they're mad or they're ashamed. And then we ask them which one feels like it resonates most with you. Which one are you most concerned with? And that's that's, not what we did. Okay. If I did that, that would be like me pushing on you and then you would have to push back on me. So instead of saying which one, I actually pulled it away from you. I said, I don't even know if you have any of these. That's true. Good clarification. Yes. About what would it be? So that's an important clarification because that's such a trick of getting the messaging right. Correct. I mean, you might think I'm doing those things that Tom said, except my takeaway was to say, which one feels like it's most important to you. And at, at a very specific part of your coaching is don't make assumptions, just say, none of those may apply to you. I don't know if any of these are even on your radar. It is that very specific takeaway, which is so important, I think, for people to. People love to buy, they they hate to be sold to. When you say, which of the things I gave you, do you want to buy? Well, maybe they jump in, but there'll be some that go, I'm fine, I'm fine. But when you say, hey, you may not have any of these. Well, I have some of those. See, there's a dialogue when I dialogue, when I write, patterns. I put down what's going on in their head. And then I think, how will I get past their objections? How will I get past their needing to fight with me? People fight with me at their expense. So <laughs> weird. I'm there to save the day. And they're like, no, I don't want to be happy and successful. Like we've got to get past people's. And you know why? The reason they defend themselves so much is they've had their hearts broken by schleppers that have gone out there and and stole from them. And if you're 60 years old, 40 years, people have been trying to screw you that are called bad salespeople. Mm -hmm. So the reason that we need to have these tools built for today is because people have patterns of how they've dealt with not professional salespeople for decades. Don't sound like a salesperson. Don't talk about things. Don't try to get them to buy things. Realize there are more people out there than we can ever get to. So you don't need them all. And the second you don't need them all, you don't attack. And most of them buy from you. It's a weird thing. When you're not looking for a date, people are asking you out. Mm -hmm. When you're like, I'm so lonely, nobody's asking. Like, listen, you don't get what you want when you're desperate. And when you're not desperate, people run to you. 
So it's abundance versus scarcity. How do we put that out? Listen, there's all kinds of folks out there, and I appreciate you sharing some of the things that you have on your mind. When a person in your situation is open to talking further, it's usually if they have one of three problems. If you don't have any of these, we'll probably be done. Negative sell, negative sell. Typically, when I talk to a pre-retiree that's had the success that you've had in your life, the first issue that they might have is they're frustrated or they're afraid that down the road, especially after they had a personal experience of taking care of their parents, that they may stick their kids with taking care of them at the expense of living their own life, cleaning up a life that's kind of over for you and and feeling guilty for not being there enough. Um, And you want to make sure that you never put your family in that spot because you don't have the assets to take care of them. Here's the second thing that, um, by the way, that would have worked with someone that didn't have money. So I put that that's why you got to have a bunch of a baby mm-hmm. three. I force foot fit that in, and that wouldn't fit that person. Okay. The second area that I would go to is um, that you're concerned that with the complexity of your finances and the good success that you've had in your life, there are a myriad of details. And if they're not all put together, tied up in a box, your kids are going to spend months and years unwinding what it took a lifetime to create at the expense of living their own legacy and goodwill with their children. The last one is um, that you're potentially mad that as the accountant informs you that you owe significantly more money than you expected and that you had spent money that you thought was yours, but your partners called Topeka and the vultures of Washington, um, they wanted their vig on the thing. You're like, where am I coming up with this? And um, why didn't I know this in advance? Or not, I don't know if any of these are on your radar. But if there were even one that were worth spending any more time on, what would it be? Oh, I wasn't sure about that. Why did you pick that? Oh, interesting. Tell me more about that. That sounds important, is it? See, that's how that could sound. And at the end of the day, underneath all of that, let's say they say, no, none of those are right. I'll be, I could just say to you, you know what? If I were smarter, what should I have asked about? My favorite question of yours. You've said that like six times. You have lots six. of six. That's true. I I have a sticky note still on my computer from 2013 that I hope we're going to get to next week. So I know next you week? like in a in a couple. Oh, days. oh, sorry, a couple days. You're right. Friday, March fourth, the third episode. We're going to wrap this up, right? And we have a huge announcement. So for those of you that are like frantically writing or going to go back and listen to this five more times like I am, because there is such an art to the way that you say things. It's simple and yet it's not always easy. So I'm going to go back and listen, but make sure you're here on Friday because we're going to announce for you guys on how you can continue to work with Tom. Tom, this is amazing. Thanks Thank for- uh, Are you open to an idea? Of course. What if we put in that if they reached out to you, if anyone that's especially working with you that has the personalized found money report, the generational vault, and the fixed income annuity with all the guarantees, if they're currently working with you, all you have to do is reach out to you and what we created will give them 
the guy. So we actually have what we just created. How about That's that? a good one. The tackle box. Yes. All right. So if you're listening to that, you work with us already. You know how to reach me. Email me. Call me. For those of you that don't yet, we're going to give you an opportunity to, to dig into this a little bit. So, Tom, thank you so much. It was great as always. Appreciate you. See, great.